0: May 15th, we're halfway through this month, which seems crazy every single month, right? Today is also Lindsay Sweeney's birthday who works on my team. Happy birthday, Lindsay! Last week was the birthday for the happy hour. Five years we've been doing this show. You guys, your response to that show was so great. And I'm I'm honored, literally, I'm honored to sit here every day in front of this microphone and bring you shows that I think matter. And if you didn't listen, go back and listen. We talk about a lot of questions that you wanted to know about the show. At the end, also, Lindsay and Amanda, they tag teamed me and had some some thoughts from you listeners for me and I boohooed like a little bitty baby. So thank you guys for that. Thank you for your kind thoughts. I want you to know every email that comes through with your kind words, even if I never get to respond to it, I see and read and put my eyes on every single one. Every letter you send, every package you send, every Instagram message you send, you guys, they mean the world. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay. So today on the show, it's episode number 245. We have my new friend, Jasmine Starr. I've known who Jasmine was for a while because she's twin sisters with Bianca Oltoff, who's a friend of the show, been on the show several times. And so I finally got to sit down and meet Jasmine, who I have been following and learning from from afar for so long. And it was such a beautiful meeting. You know, when you see someone online and you even know some of their friends and some of their family, and you think, oh, I'm going to know her when I sit down. I wonder what she's like. You guys, she was just as lovely as I ever would have imagined. So today we talk about a lot of things. It is a phenomenal Conversation. She literally left my hotel room when I was in Orange County out at the Catalyst Conference. And she left my hotel room. And I looked at my friend Amy, who was with me, and went, I love this girl. So Jasmine and I talk about her family. Her family is super close and they've had a major influence on her life. She comes from a Latino family. In fact, her dad was an immigrant at 14, and her mom is from Puerto Rico. We talk about her relationship with her twin sister, Bianca, which is fun for you guys because as a listener of the happy hour, you've heard Bianca on the show before. We had another super important conversation about mental health and depression. And May is mental health month. And so it's such a fitting episode to fall right here. We talk about her journey with depression and how her and her dad had a conversation about this when she was 20. And he said some things that he's now taken back and changed, but their conversations that they've had over the years, their relationship that is so deep, and the journey that she's been on with mental health and depression is a beautiful conversation. It is a vulnerable conversation. It is one that needs to be had. Jasmine and I also talk a lot about social media. You know, that's a part of her job. She started Social Curator, which she explains to us in this episode. You're going to want to hear it. It's beautiful. I was smack dab in the middle of my Instagram fast during this conversation. And Jasmine said something to me that I'm not going to spoil it for you right now. But she said... She related social media to something else that we could all understand. And my mind was blown. I cannot wait for you to hear it. Also, her and her husband are on the adoption journey. And so she shares how that is going for them. Y'all, it's a phenomenal conversation. Sit down, enjoy it. It's so much fun. You guys, speaking of social media, I am back on social media. My Instagram break was phenomenal, it was beautiful. I talked about it two weeks ago on Kate Merrick's show. In fact, I've heard a lot of you mention how important that conversation was in your own personal life with dealing with social media and dealing with being present. If you haven't listened to that episode with Kate Merrick, I highly recommend it. But I love social media and my favorite is Instagram. I have one favorite. I have eyes for only one and it is Instagram. I'd love it if you followed me. I'm at Jamie Ivy. And if you're loving the happy hour, I would love it if you tagged us. Use the tag hashtag happy hour with Jamie IV. Also, tell me three things you're loving. You know, I always ask my guests that and I do love to hear it from you. We've created some Instagram images for you to use, for you to share your favorite three things that you're loving right now. So check out my Instagram highlights for directions how to do that. You guys, I have to tell you that last week on my birthday, May 6th, I turned 41. I'm over the hill. I am in my 40s and I could not love it anymore. But I did a sale on my book, If You Only Knew, and my husband's book, Steal Away Home. I have been running my own merchandise shop this week because you guys showed up and bought some books. In fact, on episode 244, we mentioned that there's a book sale and I had already taken it down. I couldn't even handle it. I sold so many books. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for buying those books last week. I really appreciate it. Okay, you guys, enough from me. Here is my conversation with my new friend, Jasmine Starr, who you're going to love and adore as much as I did. Jasmine, welcome to the happy hour. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I am on your turf. Yes. Usually people come to be on the happy hour on my turf. I feel special. I'm not going to lie. You, you should feel special because <laughs> I am in... It, am I going to sound really cool or uncool when I say I'm in the OC? You,
1: oh, you sound... I mean, it depends who you're asking, but since I live here, you're really cool. Okay, the OC. The OC, yes. Okay.
0: Which someone had to explain to me the other day that Orange County is actually a county. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, is it a city? Because everyone's like, oh, I'm going to Orange County. Yes. But in Texas, we don't say, like, I'm going to Travis County. Right. but we just well, like, going to Austin. Also,
1: okay, so... It's like when you say, I'm going to LA. LA not only is comprised of four quadrants, North LA, South LA, East LA, and West LA. There's subcomponents within that. But because Southern California is so congested and so large, you just denote it as I'm going to Orange County. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: So this is Southern California.
1: Oh, yeah. Because
0: we're, yeah. Yeah. We're about
1: about 40 minutes from LA without traffic. And we're about an hour and a half from San Diego and about two and a half hours from the Mexican-American border. So great. It is. I
0: love it. Okay. So I'm glad to be here in your state. It's Thank beautiful. You. And thanks for sitting down with me. I've been trying to make this conversation happen for a while.
1: I've been waiting. I'm excited. We've been, our, we've been in, in, in cahoots. In cahoots. And, yeah. Okay.
0: Introduce yourself to the listener just quickly before
1: we dive in. My name is Jasmine Starr and I'm a photographer and business strategist from Newport Beach, California. And what I've been doing the past few years has been really just empowering people to follow their passion, build a business that's profitable and stand in their purpose. I love them. I mean, you're like everyone's best girlfriend business coach. Yeah, I'm a little, I'm bossy, but in love. I like that. I'm bossy because I want you to be living your best life. And if you're not, I'm gonna call you out on it. We need that in our life.
0: <laughs> I'm going to add to that because our listeners have heard your sister on the show before.
1: Yes. And our voices are identical. They're going to like, is this Bianca? Yes. No, my sister, Bianca Oldhoff, my twin sister, Bianca Oldhoff and Jamie have been really good friends. So I have a lot to catch up on. Yeah.
0: Like a lot. I know. I know. <laughs> okay. So congrats on your birthday this week. When this Thank is airing, you. you would have already been had this birthday, but how do you care? Do you, are you a person that says how old you are? Oh, of course. I'm 29. I mean, course. for a few times over. Well, yeah. Well, congrats for your 29th <laughs> birthday. <laughs> yeah but I asked you earlier how you're celebrating and you started to tell me and I said, wait, don't tell me because that's what I do. I learned that when I was in radio. Like, don't talk about it before we're recording. Right, because then it feels fake. Because then it feels fake and I don't like to feel fake. Okay, Okay, so what are you doing to celebrate for your birthday?
1: Well, we have a big Latino family. So my parents have five children and when it comes to birthdays, everybody celebrates together. Like, that's just the rule. And because I have a birthday with my twin sister, we have to celebrate together. And so today, my husband is an amazing kind of like, Home chef. Well, he's not technically a chef, but I'll call him that because I, I would, do the same with my husband too. So oh, we have that in common. so we comment. get it. Yes. Okay, we get that. So he's an amazing cook. Like he asks me, where do you want to go out for Valentine's? I'm like, home. home. I'm, I'm like, at, I want to we wear a nice shirt and sweatpants. Yeah. So I want to eat so much. I'm stretching out the sweatpants. That's right. So for our birthday, I decided to ask Bianca, what would you, you know, where should we celebrate? And she's like, do you think JD would cook? And I was like, of course. So enchiladas, homemade rice and beans. Oh I mean the whole nine, it's not taco
0: Tuesday. It's, it's enchilada Wednesday. I love that. You know? <laughs> so he's going all out and your whole family will come over.
1: Absolutely. And when he goes all out, this is not like canned enchilada no, no, sauce. No, no. Like
0: he's been working since 9am. I know this. I know yeah. this day. Yes. Yeah. I know this day. And
1: I even said him today cause he was like, I've been in the kitchen since nine. And I'm like, I'm like you. Just you're kind of like those people who would lose Top Chef, not because you're not the most amazing, but because you care about every minutia. Like, are the are the onions julienned? Are they blanched, blanched, blanched? Like, I can't, whatever. I don't even know. I'm not even classy enough to know that stuff. But he's like, wait, you want me to, to 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 make a half meal for your birthday? Is that what you're telling me? And I was like, well, no. You're you're roasting Anaheim chilies and then peeling off the burnt edges and then dicing them only to put them in a blender, Jasmine.
0: Like, I have had this exact conversation.
1: Okay, my house.
0: and you're, but he's like, not today. Well, he's like, why would I do it halfway? You know what? Yeah. Exactly. That's yeah. it. His, his
1: love is in melted cheese and chicken and tortillas, and so oh. we're going to taste it. My mouth is already watering. I know, me too. <laughs> I'll be there later. <laughs> you're Happy more than birthday welcome. Birthday I mean, big Latino like
0: family. Like, we just add another chair. Oh, exactly. Like, you know, everybody's welcome all the time. And when I travel down to Mexico, people do speak Spanish to me sometimes. I, I could pass as maybe a little bit of half Absol- Hispanic oh, or something. Yeah, really yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So you said so all your siblings live close. Yes. You have a Latino family. Yes. Your parents immigrated here. Yes. Were you born here or there? Born and raised in LA. Okay. Okay. So my
1: father came over when he was 14. My mom was born in Puerto Rico. So she is American, but not mainland American. And it's a little bit different, you know, born on the island. You Mm -hmm. come to LA and it's a very different experience. So they met in East Los Angeles, very, very blue collar. My dad came over with a 72 hour visa from Mexico. Uh And then his mother never left. He was 14. Yeah. Like 13, 14. With his family. With his mom and his sister. Okay. And they never left. And so he just taught himself English by watching television for about a year. And so then kind of like trickled into school, didn't do well. Obviously he doesn't know the language and then enlisted in the United States Marine Corps, earned his citizenship and then sponsored his family. He came back from Vietnam and met my mom in East Los Angeles. So really blue collar, kind of rough and tumble, body raising, but really solid people and like to testify to the power of like miracles in God. Like we didn't have food in our fridge. And then randomly we get groceries on our porch. The church takes up a collection and we get Christmas gifts that year. So lots of amazing things. A great, great, great family. And your dad is a pastor. My dad is a pastor. And
0: yeah. he was a pastor all growing up. No, my
1: father didn't become a pastor until I was about 15. Okay. So we, so we went to a church and he, wanted to get involved in ministry, didn't know what his calling was. And there had always been a calling on his heart to give back to people of Mexico. And because we're just like three hours from the Mexican-American border, he got a crazy group of people to go twice a month, about 50 people twice a month. Every two weeks, they would go down and they would build homes for people like living in really, really bad areas. Mm -hmm. And so that was his ministry. And so my sister and I would go with him twice a month. And I, I often think, what were my parents thinking? We're literally four years old, five years old, six years old, seven year old, crossing the border with my dad. And then my dad would be like, okay, go and play at the here. orphanage. Yeah, You know, yeah. Like, we would play with goats. Yeah, And then we would stay in these houses because I mean, we would, they built out like a cinder block building. It was ultimately going to be like a dorm for the students, but, or for the kids at this orphanage. And we stayed in it for goodness, over a year, every time we went down, it didn't have a roof, but because it would get so cold in the winter, they would bring in the goats and the cows to that they had you. to sleep with us true story. True story. I mean, I had a great childhood.
0: (laughs) I love that. I love that. And then, so I just love that. And I think about our current, this is not a political show, so we're not talking about politics, but I do think about our current political climate and how Mm. what you're saying that your dad was giving back and stuff Mm. that can feel super scary to people somehow, somehow. And I'm sure right here in California, we're in Texas. So girl, we're all dealing with the same thing. Okay. So immigrant family, grow up, Mm -hmm. you go to college I do. where did you go to so, college? So m-
1: I should probably back up and let you know that we lived in such a rough neighborhood that my parents decided to homeschool us because they didn't want to send us to a school where there was metal detectors, a lot of gang violence. There were drive-by shootings where we were. My parents made a very difficult decision. My father was working at Los Angeles County Hospital. He was in shipping and receiving. At the time when my parents made the decision whether or not they were going to send us to school, they had three children, ultimately later had five. And money was tight. So it doesn't really make sense for our mom to stay home, but they made this really big decision. And so she homeschooled us. And by saying homeschool, it's like real, real, real big, loose air quotes. She was kind of the mom that was like, well, you know, like, you know, like you, you know, like you figure
0: it out. I didn't learn to read all 11. um, But then that's going to give so many parents hope right now that they're like struggling at the table with, you know.
1: Oh, you know what? I little mean, Meredith who cannot read. Yeah, Bianca's a pastor now, so I don't want to say bad stuff. <laughs> but uh, we were awful. Because imagine, as a parent, it's difficult to get little Meredith to read. But two little Merediths that right. like are in cahoots. Uh-huh. And like we was like, hey, it's like we just pick it. Like My mom would say, this is the curriculum today. I need you to read three chapters. <laughs> mm, How about two? How about two? You know, it's like, what is she dealing with terrorists at the kitchen your table? your parents never sent you back to school. We uh, enrolled in high school. Okay. So we were homeschooled all throughout until ninth grade. And so we went in and so that was a shell shock because uh, there we I were. I would imagine. You know, good Christian little brown girls. We moved to a different neighborhood and we walk into school and I'm like, what? Were there other brown girls there? Not very many. Okay. So this is kind of like our first. We went through an, an all like a brown and black neighborhood to a, an, a mixed neighborhood, but at least fifty percent. Yeah, yeah, about fifty percent of them. Okay, where the students were white, and so that was a new experience. Having lockers, changing schools, having different teachers. I mean, the whole nine. So different. But my sister and I were able to get great grades, and we got full ride scholarships to college. And Jamie, I have to tell you, my sister and I were like, we're never going to the same college ever because we're independent and we're tired of being twins and we're tired of being looked at as a unit. Never. And so because my parents just didn't have money, we applied for scholarships and we had decided as a family that whatever school gave us the most scholarships, that's where we would go because that's what we could afford. And my sister and I got massive scholarships to the same liberal arts college in LA. <laughs> and so- Do we are all roommates? Oh, well, we said- we will never be roommates because we would kill each other. Uh-huh. My mom called the school and said, my daughters cannot room together. are like, no problem. We're going to send out this scantron where they fill out like your works, your work hours, your study hours, your, you know, do you smoke? Do you drink type thing? We filled out our scantrons, sent them out independently. And then two weeks later we get this automated response that was like, congratulations, your roommate is Bianca Wattis. And I'm like, what <laughs> so my mom calls like the dean of student like affairs they and it was like matched y'all up no uh, matter what yeah it was like math it was just like so, clearly my sister and i are very similar we're yeah. twins so uh-huh. we work out at the same time we sleep at the same time so basically on paper we were a perfect match yeah little do they know that genetics really right you know it just complicates things so my mom calls the school and she says it's the first time anybody in our family has gone to college so she doesn't even really know what she's asking she just knows that having her two daughters in the same room in college is going to be awful and they said, we're so, we're so sorry, Miss Juarez, we can't. There's After two weeks, they can make a room change. So begrudgingly, my sister and I take our stuff and we refuse to unpack everything because we're like, we're not staying. This is so funny. We're so not staying together. And then two days later, after watching all the other pairs of students in their rooms with brand new roommates, Strangers. I was like, thank you, sweet baby Jesus. We're best <laughs> friends forever. And then we've remained roommates for four years.
0: That is so <laughs> funny. You
1: can't get away from each other. No, no. We now live like 20 minutes from each other.
0: That is so crazy. I know. Which is how I heard about you was through your sister. And then I started following your work. And I have just been so impressed with your passion for helping women Thank walk you. in their passions. And I will tell you, today I told you earlier, I was texting with your sister. And I was like, okay, tell me something about your sister that not ever, a lot of people know. And do you want me to tell you what she told me? What? She said that you are one of the most generous people she's ever met. She said, and I don't know if you want me to say this or not, but she said <laughs> about what you and your husband had given so much to a hospital for a ward for mental illness. And she's like, mm. not a lot of people know that, but they give back so much. Mm. And so that's what she said I'm about all teary-eyed, you, teary-eyed, Jamie <laughs> she, and I told her. I texted her back, and, and she just, you know, said a couple more things. And I said, I can really tell how much you love her, and I know you're like, mm. twins and sisters right. and whatever. But as you get older, those relationships with siblings, yeah, they deepen, and yeah. you go. I really do really, really, really like you as a person, you know? And so your sister said sweet things about you.
1: Oh, I don't even know how I got like the twin sister lottery. I mean, you know her and like people do know her, like she's, passionate and she's fiery and she's fun and we often joke within the family that where Bianca is extra uh-huh. I have a tendency to repel the other way so she's a feeler and I'm a thinker uh-huh. and she's uh, she loves getting energy from other people and I like reading books you know we're so opposite but when I'm around her I feel like better
0: about myself yeah. like that's a pretty amazing yeah. thing yeah. thank yeah. you so can we talk about that what she told about that with mental illness because I know you yes. told me that something you're passionate about is loving those around you who are walking through mental illness or addiction. Mm. Where does that passion come from for you? Uh, to
1: be a hundred percent
0: honest, I'd started
1: understanding the complexity of mental illness when I was about 25. That was the first time that I actually, so my mom was diagnosed with brain cancer my second year of college. And so Bianca and I would take turns driving home, making dinner, doing laundry for our younger siblings and for my father who was a full-time pastor. And grieving what the doctors had told us would be a very difficult path. And so on the weekends, we would drive home. So we didn't have a very typical college experience, but it made us stronger. And I think during that time, because I was on scholarship, I was so determined to control the things I could control. And that was academics. And so I poured myself into that. And then taking care of my family, working as a waitress and working on campus, it was, I didn't have time to feel anything, right? Because if I can't stop juggling. If I drop one ball,
0: I drop them all. And Nobody has time for that, and it's not your tendency, anyways. You just Absolutely. said, and so then you're saying all the things I can control, Absolutely. I will control. Absolutely, and
1: I think that when, she, at our graduation, she was uh, about forty-five pounds heavier, bald, in a wheelchair, wearing an eye patch, and the doctors had said, "We're gonna take, we're gonna take a break, and we're gonna see how this fares for her." Anything in that moment, there was like this hope that she had battled so valiantly that and she was at her graduation. So this was like a big thing for us. And that hope buoyed me. I later went to UCLA law school. And it was during my first year that I was there that we got news that she had a relapse of brain cancer. And I think that there was nothing that I can control in that situation. I was wildly unhappy in law school. I was overwhelmed. I was stressed. I couldn't control anything. And then that little tiny big factor in our life came back. And I think that I just had a moment and a reckoning of understanding that I was wildly depressed. And so I went to campus medical center and I said, this is what's going on. And the first thing that people say, and I feel like it's a hot button and we're just going to go straight there, is like medication. No, I am not a trained professional. I do not, I'm not an advocate. And I do not have an opinion of whether or not you agree that you should or you should not. All I can talk about is my experience. And the first thing was you need this, this and this medication. And then I had a conversation about a week on it, had a conversation with my dad and I was just like, I don't know how I feel about this. Like, what does God say about medication and depression? I think that my father tried navigating it the best he could, but it was like two brokenhearted people trying to navigate a really jagged path. And I don't know if that was like the best situation at the time. I think that... I went through that and I go through that and I struggle with that and have worked years with great, great, great people to move past and understand it and have seeked God in the truest form. And the answer is I stopped taking the medication, but I have no judgment of those who under guided, careful consideration do that. I go through that because it breaks you in such a way that when you see other people who are hurting, you have to help. Mm-hmm. And you know, mental illness, and it, years later, it's a, gosh, we had moved to Newport Beach and randomly, I received a message, a uh, text message from my father. And he said, can I take you out to breakfast? And coming from a big Latino family, everybody does everything together. So when like dad takes you out, it's kind of like- Something's up. Something's up. And I was like, is everything okay? He's like, yeah, sure. So we meet for breakfast and he sits across the table from me. And he said, 10 years ago, we sat across the table and I told you that I just didn't know if God really wanted us to take medication for depression. And as your father, I'm telling you, I didn't know what I was talking about. I spoke- out of term I had no I had nothing I did my best with what I could and I'm sorry if I ever misguided you oh sweet lord jesus That's right just think the humility yeah, of humility. my father yeah the humility of it I think he had a deeper understanding and so we had a great conversation my father's dad abandoned them so we don't know too much about his father but his older sister went back to Mexico to try to find him and there we have a deeper understanding of a long line of mental mental illness so yeah. a lot a lot of going on there and I just think to myself there are so many children who are struggling and families who can't afford care. Yeah. And so my husband and I, uh, Children's Hospital of Orange County, the first hospital in all of the United States to have a dedicated center to pediatric mental wellness. Amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. Um, we're, we're just so excited, so excited to be standing up with him and doing big stuff.
0: You know, when you're telling that story, a couple of things I think about. First of all, the thing that I think about the most is, and as a parent who knows that I will one day look at my kids and say, I made this mistake. Like, Mm -hmm. I wish I could redo this. There is such a tendency to just move on with life. Like this happened 10 years ago. I don't know if I need to talk with them about it. We've all moved on. Everybody's fine. But the fact that your dad thought I want to make this right. Mm -hmm. I mean, that has to be an encouragement.
1: And the thing is, is that so often we do move through the motions and then we catalog re-archive things that perhaps could have had an impact on us but life and busyness and success and failures and all this stuff gets in the way and it's good and we function and we move on and then when somebody years later comes out and rectifies something that you didn't know you had that filing cabinet it's like you open a drawer and a dove flew out mm. and you're like God almighty like it shifted something in did you me. not know you needed that I didn't know I needed it because in Latino culture in the Christian culture in first generation culture it's not something you talk about right and so to have your father like step up and say, I didn't, I made mistakes. It's it beautiful. so beautiful. And I just feel like so empowered that if God blesses
0: us with a family, that I will have the humility to do that because- I mean, it encourages me as a mom just Thanks. to think, yeah. you know, I want to have that humility. The second thing I thought about when you're telling that story is the self-awareness that you had- I mean, because I've never walked through depression. Now I have walked through some a really difficult season after our kids came home from Haiti, where I did go and get on medication for a while, and I had this all the same things that you just said. Like I don't think anything's wrong with it; it mm. is a personal decision. I took I took some pushback for that when oh, of I course. went. Yeah, I mean, of I course. I it was my kids had come home, so we're now a family of four. And I blog, I was blogging, you know, and so I was open with my struggle with what was going on. And I had a lot of pushback to, if you couldn't handle this, why'd you adopt? I mean, just mm-hmm. crazy things. But the self-awareness that you had at 22, 23, were there any people around you that were going, you know what, I see something different. Maybe you should talk to someone. Or was it truly all self-awareness for you that first year of law school? In what regard? Like I, when you said you went to the medical clinic yes. and you said, hey, something's wrong. Yes. That's a big step. Or did you uh, not feel like it was a big step? I feel like depress. What depression feels like is like
1: a bullet wound. Okay, it does. And like you go to the hospital for a bullet wound. I think mean, my hair was falling out. I was waking up at three thirty in the morning. I would drive to the gym. I would this run wasn't seven like miles. Just sad one day.
0: No. Yeah. No. 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 You uh, had gotten so far that yeah. it was clearly evident. Absolutely. Okay. And
1: there is, to, as to draw a distinction, there are multiple types of depression, but the largest two are situational. And I believe that God gives us emotions of deep darkness so that we appreciate the light in a different capacity. Being bummed out is totally normal. Being sad for a prolonged period of time is very normal. That's how we bounce. Like we see the joy after experiencing pain. Prolonged period of clinical depression is very different. It's I can't get out of bed. Nobody understands me. I'll shut myself off from the world. You become a weird. Like you, you become very idiosyncratic. Like my house was always clean. Like again, Wildly, what can I control? Mm-hmm. I'm sweeping my floors four times a day. I'm running. Yeah, I'm or like mm-hmm. it's just sadness that manifested in like fastidiousness.
0: Now you mentioned about how that could be culturally hard to talk about as a Absolutely. Christian, as a first generation yes. Latino. Yes, did that play into your story? Oh, a thousand percent. Okay. We didn't talk
1: about it in our family. Okay, it just wasn't. It just wasn't spoken about. And I also have to be fair. It's like the conversations that we now have around mental health are so different
0: and it just makes me so excited. Like, well, it's, can't you just say to, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but no. can't you just see like, I, I was talking to my husband about this yesterday about, about how much we've grown at yes. 40, how much we've grown in yes. our faith in the past 20 years, yes. that the conversations that we're having, I feel like my parents weren't having at 40. Yes. So would you say that would be a part of the conversations that your family's having? Yeah. A thousand percent.
1: And I think that where we are generationally, it's like we now see children's books because we are part of, we go back to the Children's Hospital of Orange County, the books that they're actually having, they're having children's mindset books. And growth mindset and health and distinguishing between sadness and distinguishing between somebody being mean and being bullied. Because when you feel you're bullied, you're victimized. When somebody being mean, you have compassion for them. It's so, The strides are so beautiful. Things we didn't have growing no, up. No, yeah. not at all. Not at all. And I just believe that the more we speak about it, the less stigma there is around it. And if I've been thrusted in that position to give people permission to admit specifically in the entrepreneur world, you know, success looks like one thing on the outside and it's amplified by social media, but on the inside, there are so many dark things that have, so people are like, ah, she has it all. He has it all. But if you don't have joy or the capacity to get out of bed in the morning, you have nothing. Yeah.
0: There are many paths to finding your family story. Whichever way you choose, it's easy to get started with Ancestry. An Ancestry DNA test tells you where your ancestors are from, and Ancestry's billions of records and millions of family trees let you discover their personal stories. You could find a famous relative or perhaps a photo of your great-grandmother as a little girl. Researching your history is a fun activity for the whole family, and the stories you learn about your shared past can bring you closer together. Ancestry DNA can reveal ethnic origins and provide historical details that bring unique family stories to life. Ancestry DNA doesn't just tell you which countries you're from, but also can pinpoint the specific regions within them, providing insightful, geographic detail about your history. Trace the paths of your recent ancestors and learn how and why your family moved from place to place around the world. My mom is tracing our ancestors right now, and it is such a great experience. No other DNA test delivers such a unique interactive experience as Ancestry. Start exploring your family story today. Head to Ancestry.com slash happy hour to get your Ancestry DNA kit and start your free trial. That's Ancestry.com slash happy hour. I believe in having clean options. I support companies who innovate products that break the norm and help clean up my daily routine. That's why I love Native for my deodorant needs. In fact, I love it so much, I just gifted my mom with a Native deodorant. Native is made with ingredients that you've actually heard of, like coconut oil, shea butter, and tapioca starch. They never use things like aluminum, parabens, sulfates, or talc. It's also vegan and never tested on animals. Native just released plastic-free deodorant made from 100% paperboard and shipped in a plastic-free bag. Switching to an aluminum-free deodorant doesn't mean you have to sacrifice on odor protection. Native will keep you smelling and feeling fresh all day long. Native comes in over 10 scents, like coconut and vanilla and lavender and rose, plus rotating seasonals like the pumpkin spice latte collection. My favorite scent right now out of all of them is the coconut and vanilla. I have loved it this summer. I'm thinking about trying lavender and rose next, maybe even a pumpkin spice latte deodorant. Native is risk-free to try with free shipping within the U.S. and free 30-day returns and exchanges. Guys, do what I did and make the switch to native today by going to nativedeo.com slash Jamie Ivy, or use the promo code Jamie Ivey, J A M I E I V E Y at checkout and get 20% off your first order. That's nativedeo.com slash Jamie Ivey, or use my name as a promo code Jamie Ivy at checkout for 20% off your first order. So let's switch to your entrepreneur world because I'm so intrigued. I have so many questions about it. But my next question that I was going to ask you, and this this can take us into what you do for your day job and your night job, and I know how it is, <laughs> all the hours jobs. How do you manage that now? How do you manage depression? How do you manage situational depression? How do you manage that in the work that you do, which mm-hmm. is so very public? How mm-hmm. do, What does that look like for you on a day-to-day basis? I had an extraordinarily
1: dark period in 2014. Really, really, really hard. And it stopped me from being able to create. And I'm a creative entrepreneur. And it was as as if I was experiencing a death of a a part of me. And uh, it was during that time that I reached out to a great therapist. And I also reached out to uh, a business coach. For two years, I went to therapy three times a week.
0: And you were doing what you do right now? Or this yes. was pre- okay. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: And I was just starting. It was actually a big career pivot. So like I became a photographer in 2007, and by 2009 was voted one of the top photographers in the world, which is crazy. Specifically because I didn't own a camera when I started my business. I love that. Like yeah. it's just crazy. Uh-huh. Like so then that happens, and you're met with a lot of success, and then you work your way to where you want to go, and then you realize there's a glass ceiling. You can't go much further. You can't further. go anywhere. Yeah. Like you can't go up any from, from here. So I had to make this hard decision. So over a, a, like a pivot period around two years had occurred, and those two years were some of the hardest years of my life because I, my identity was tied up to what I had done before. I got a lot, a lot, a lot of like heat from the photography world. I came in as a female. I had no photography education. I had no business education. I was using social media. People felt like it was like a cheat. And so he's like to carry all of that. And then all of a sudden say, okay, my time has come. I've done what I wanted to do. Can I do what I've done in the photography world, which is teaching people how to run better businesses in the business world. And it's it's as if you just, you're dropped into a new high school. Uh, you know? Yeah. Like you don't know anybody. You we don't know all anything. understand that feeling. Yeah. And so uh, in addition to like kind of trying to identify and then be feeling like how stupid and foolish to leave a 1%, community and then move into you're nothing and nobody in an entirely different and then I didn't know what I was doing I didn't know it. like it was, I felt so responsible my husband and I worked together yeah and so there's like a lot of stuff going on during this time I think that I was being primed and prepared because in order for people to actually grow you have to be broken from what you once were and I I'll, I only now look back at that because at the time I wasn't like oh I'm so glad I'm being broken this is so amazing amazing things coming what you feel is like Why, God, why? Like, why is this happening to me? And one of the biggest shifts in my mind in the past two years is, why is this happening for me? Mm. The faith that I have that even though like the ground beneath me can shake or be moved is actually a good thing. Whatever happens, it's happening for me. That alone was a big mindset shift. Mm -hmm. Understanding the ability that like I'm being prepared for what I asked for. And two and a half years later, I look back and I'm like, oh my God that was preparing me for this. Yeah. Oh my God, that was preparing me for that. And so wherever people are right now, and you're wondering why, like, why me? Why not you? You're not a special snowflake. God has called you to do big and mighty things only after you've been broken. And then you realize that anything good that comes out was because it's something that he had predestined for your life and nothing to do with your goodness, your greatness, your small waist, or your cute smile. Yeah. It was all outside of our control, but we had to get there first. And that was the thing that I was learning. Um, and then just like the school hard knocks, like you want something, you got to figure it out yourself. You got to go after it. And the business completely shifted for us in like the middle of 2017. It just ramped up. And now we're just trying to keep up. Now you're trying you're just like swimming as fast as you can. Yes. And and we're like, we're swimming into a title. Okay.
0: Way. What exactly is your business?
1: Okay. Give me 30 seconds. The 30 sec- okay. The, the 30 second version is I, based on my photography career, I had created a a course, an online course, how business people can use Instagram. And it was wildly successful. I was like, wow, look what I did. That's great. Except for the fact that at the end of it, the three questions we got asked the most was, Jasmine, that's great for you. You're a photographer. You have photos to post on Instagram. I don't. Jasmine, I don't know what to say on Instagram. It takes me 30 minutes to write a caption. Who has time for that? And Jasmine, can you just tell me what to do? And I realized this isn't scalable, but I know i have been called to serve a lot of people. So my husband and I, every a few months, we brainstormed. How could we serve these people? So we created Social Curator. And every month, it's a social media membership. So every month you get 30 lifestyle photos. You get 30 caption templates to help you teach about building a personal brand or doing what you want to do. And every month there's an action plan. Like, what do you do on Instagram this month? What are you doing on Facebook? And we have a community of people who are just hell bent on helping each other, crazy entrepreneurs who for all intents and purposes, people on the outside will
0: look at them and be like, oh, bless her heart. Like uh-huh. pat you on the shoulder, bless your heart. Like they're doing big stuff. And so they use your photos to post on Instagram or it's kind of like this kind of push to get them to get out and understand what they you do. They have the option to use photos. Okay. And then at the at the beginning of the month, if you want to your own photos, we give a whole photo list.
1: Like we're basically taking all like the time and energy think, what should I post yeah, today? Yeah. Well, do it you, for us. yeah, we'll set you up for it or you can shoot your own coffee croissant in the morning yeah. whatever you want uh-huh. boo, we got you but yeah it's the idea that consistency on social media consistency when you diet consistency in parenting consistency like consistency is queen and with social media it's so difficult to be consistent and being a busy mom or being a busy college student that we offer the solution so we have the no excuses you have no excuses not to succeed this month so go on so is that your main gig that you do
0: or is there something else that you do as well
1: well, I speak and I yes. teach, but it all points back to social curator. That has become that I, I feel like I've always loved writing. And yeah. I've always loved photography. So you can help them both
0: to use and help women everything. or men, what, whoever help people.
1: Ever yes. It's like the it's like, oh, I'm I'm standing in my purpose. I love it. Yeah. So that's been our thing. And I'm, just, I'm tempted to do other projects, but I feel like I've been called to do this and I feel like there's legs and roots to this in ways that people don't see. But I think that's the job of a visionary is to see something that other people don't and build towards it so that when you get there, you have like that. that arc sensation. Yeah. Y'all
0: laughing at me as I'm building this arc, but now <laughs> it's raining. That's right, that's right. I'm coming on the boat with you, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's talk about Instagram for a minute. Yes. Uh, this is high on my brain right now because Jasmine, this is crazy. I love Instagram. It's my favorite thing. I I always say I use it for my business. I get point shields of the podcast, to speaking, to books, all the things. <laughs> about three days before Ash Wednesday, and I have not participated in Lent in years. Okay. I got this crazy idea to give up Instagram Ooh. for Lent. And I was like, God, that's dumb. Okay, keep something you else. You love Jesus. Right? Okay, you just love Jesus. People be giving up bread and Thank you're you. giving them Instagram? Thank you. Wow. So I couldn't shake it. And then I told my husband because I thought he would be like, oh, I don't think you should do that. Like it's, you need Instagram. And he goes, this is the best thing you could ever do through your life. And I was like, no, baby, that's not what you're supposed to say. You're supposed to say, how about we give up carbs or something? So I'm three weeks in. How do you feel? I have so many thoughts and words but I love what you said about how people can look so successful and feel lack of joy. A couple of things that I've learned so far is I'm not giving up Instagram. I'm I'll be back. Right. But what I've done is I'm there's still posts coming out for me but I'm not looking at it. Because for me, it was the comments and the direct messages. And I found as though I would go to sleep watching someone else's life on their stories. And the first day I did when I woke up was watch somebody else's life on their stories. Mm. And I had, kind of had this moment where I looked around and I thought, do I care more about like these 72,000 people that I'm reaching or the five people in my house? It's been so good for me. Mm. Now... I feel like I don't know what the heck is going with anyone's life. Like literally. I texted someone and said, how are you? Can you just tell me? Because I don't see you. But I will say this. But I also realized, and this is where I think that it takes maturity and discipline and putting things in place. Just like you were saying a while ago, you can wake up and go, I'm lacking joy even though I have all this success. Mm. Is I remember like the first couple days I felt lonely because I thought I I look at these people's lives all day long and I think that we're hanging out, but we're not. And then I spoke somewhere that weekend and I remember I was like coming home on the plane and I would pick up my phone 8,000 times a day. And finally, I'm like, I guess I'll look at the weather. I don't know what to do right (laughs) now with my phone. But what I thought was, I don't know if I'm good at anything because I'm not hearing anyone tell me that. Wow. And so I had to kind of go... You know what, God? I trust that this is where you have me. I trust my husband. I trust my real life friends because I don't hear anyone in my phone, any stranger telling me, "You did awesome today. I love Mm -hmm. your book. Your podcast is amazing. Mm -hmm. Go, Jamie, go." Mm -hmm. And I just, I'm, I'm thankful for these three weeks of kind of silence. Good for you. I told another friend today I did that, and they said they did three weeks, and she's got a million and 12 Instagram followers. And she said she took time off when she was writing and she's like, I think my soul needs it again. So this Uh. is my question to you. How do we guard our hearts with something that's so awesome? I am such a fan of Instagram. Yeah. I love it. What do you how do you guard your heart with it? But wait,
1: let's go back. Is like this is like a business tr- strategy question right now cuz queen, you know like you're going to like resurrect on this like you're going to resurrect Instagram the same day <laughs> as Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's actually I feel like that's like I feel like that is an Instagram post, a blog post and a podcast episode just just all about it. Like yeah. the things that you learned, the, the thing is that like, and I'm fascinated by like the, the anthropology. I'm fascinated that we're actually living in the digital gold rush. Right. And I'm fascinated how it's going to impact humanity, psychology, and how we deal with each other. We have to understand that truly this is like the equivalent of somebody starting fire. We don't know what to do with it. It can burn down a forest. It can cook us a delicious meal. Yes. We are in it. Like we are going to tell our great, our grandchildren, our great grandchildren about what we learned. So, so we right true. now are the pioneers. Because we,
0: it's new. This absolutely, happened in our generation.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, like fire, a small bit of it when controlled is fantastic mm-hmm. and powerful. It's when it gets out of control that we lose, we could potentially lose ourselves to it. So, I can't speak for everybody and you're going to hear it a thousand different ways, but I do believe that that my business is built on social media. It's built on Pinterest, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. I'm on all those. Personally, Mm -hmm. I love Instagram. Yeah. It is the most highly- It's my fave too. And it's, I mean, it's everybody's fave. It's the most engaging platform as of right now, most time spent on social media on Instagram. And it's already crossed a billion and they're projecting that it'll be crossing another billion faster than- the users. Of users. Did you see
0: who just got an Instagram this week? No, who? the royals.
1: Oh yes, yes. Harry, Harry, yes. and
0: Meghan. Okay, Meghan, Meghan Markle. Yes, May- yes. They okay. came
1: out with a joint account. I'm interested to see how it does because you know I'm super. I'm super judgy McJudgerson. Well, they already have like a million followers. Well, of course, because they're perfect. I know, because and they're, and and they're the royals, baby, and they're going to yeah. monetize, and uh-huh. they're just brilliant. But I want to know: Is it them? Do you think it is? I don't it's think the royals. No, no I, I don't. think it's a team. I do too. And whenever there's like team accounts, I'm less interested. Mm. Like, right. Okay. So this is the boomerang effect that I've started to notice. I mean, this is what I do. Like I just track, I'm a total nerd. And so I track what's happening and what I've seen specifically on Instagram where is it started off as like real-time updates, fun, jovial, jocular, less than perfect, which is what got everybody there. And all of a sudden you started people seeing, using using it strategically, which changed the game because then all of a sudden it became like this beautiful curated magazine and like everybody's perfect all the time. And that was really cool. everybody aspired to and then some people said i can't do that so therefore i throw in the towel i'm just gonna be a passive watcher of mm-hmm. it and now what i see is like a boomerang effect it's like people are like okay enough of like the coachella in front of the ferris wheel enough of you crossing your hands like at a I mean, at a, at a at a coffee shop holding like a cappuccino right. with a heart on it like uh-huh. enough of like the perfectly curated christmas card 365 days right. a year and so that that real effect is coming back That's good. I think it's great. I love it, which is why Instagram stories does so well for so many people because it's like real off the cuff. So there's that. How do you take time? I I can't speak for everybody, but structure has been the greatest gift for me. I do, and I have no judgment of others, so I know
0: what I need to protect my heart and mind
1: because it's very fragile. It's very fragile,
0: and, I, and I'm glad that you said that it, because it's also independent. Like, absolutely, I know, neither one of us can say here are the five no. ways to guard your heart. Oh gosh, I mean, we can no. say our five
1: ways. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And I do know that I wake up really early, and I know that if I start my morning digitally, I'm off. Like I feel like toxins. And so I wake up, I take a hot bath every morning. You I pray. Do I do. I'm like 87 years old. It's like the greatest gift though. My acupuncture swears by it. And I was like, I'll never take baths. So gross. Now, I mean, I'm like going like two years.
0: Uh, I take a bath at night a lot to relax.
1: Oh, it's the morning. It literally wow. like wakes up and gets your blood going. So then I pray. Uh-huh. I do a devotional. I meditate. I'm like, good. Okay. I do an hour of self-care. That's so extra. But I wake up at like four or 4.30 every morning. What's I know Jamie. I know it's crazy. I go to bed like at 10, 1030. I am one of those annoying people. I go to bed and I'm like, this alarm <laughs> goes off at six. I'm like, dear Jesus, it's, more but time. Honestly, I don't wake up with an alarm. It's literally what time my body wakes up. I'm one of those weird people. Your sister's an early riser too. I know that she about is. her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I, so it's genetic. My mom's an early riser. Okay. Yeah. So this is how it is. Yeah. And so I do spend a little bit of time and I'm not even opening and I don't go to social the first thing I do, I, have, I run a business and that takes a lot of discipline. So I get in, I take care of myself and when I bring my coffee, that's the first time I'm actually opening social. You've already bathed. You've yes. already uh, prayed. Yes, I've yeah. worked. You've taken care of your soul. Yes, soul work. And then I only check in on social media um, in pre-designated times during my work day. Is this so on your phone or computer? My phone. Okay. Yeah, my phone. Yeah, for sure. And so I create a daily work schedule and then I work those in. Now... I kind of gamify it. Like if for some reason I finish a task like earlier. I get five more minutes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm like I got five bonus minutes. Here we go. Yeah. But yeah, so it's all about structure so that I can look back at my day. Like where was I? What was I doing? How purposeful was it? But I believe that the reason how we make it effective and how we like become approachable for people is if we're responding. And so I, I do my stinking best to respond to all of my DMs, to respond to comments. It's like a job but it is, right? Mm-hmm. I have a business. Yeah. Now, if, you have, if you're you listening and you don't have
0: a business, you do you. you and you, you need to take care it. of your business Abs- and not your Instagram. But this yes. is your business. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So 100. So I'm in it a lot. One thing I've noticed too is I can tend to lack some discipline in some areas of my life. Mm-hmm. In some areas, I can be super disciplined. In other, like they, the new thing came out on your phone where you could set up time limits. Oh, Lord. All I do is say, more time. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for telling me more time, you know. <laughs> I was out to dinner. We were on a date the other night, and my girlfriend's phone did that. And she goes, my husband has the in, has the code I can't get in until I ask him. <gasps> and I was like, first of all, I was like, I don't need to ask anybody when I can get in my phone. And I thought, maybe I do need to ask oh somebody when I can get in my phone. No, but, no get behind me, Satan. Don't yeah, even <laughs> tell me that yes, stuff. I know. I, my husband cannot listen to this podcast. He'll be like, I got your code. Can you give me the code, no. babe? And I was like, huh. But— I have also noticed like one of the things I'm learning, and I think this is so good for me on so many levels, is just learning that discipline really does um, increase value in your life because mm. sometimes I feel like I'm fine. This isn't bothering me. But to set up like even how you just said in your workday or to set up boundaries or if you're a mom at home with four little kids and you find yourself, you're always looking at your phone instead of your kids, set those times. Mm-hmm. So that's something I can see myself setting up. And really finding some accountability for what that looks like for me the day after Jesus I has risen. And I,
1: actually, <laughs> I actually want to go back and I, I uh, want to affirm your decision to take a break because for so long I had told myself that that wasn't a possibility. Like I have momentum. What am I going to do? And I went off the grid for a week and a half. So 10 days, 10 business days of nothing. So I didn't have any posts scheduled. I didn't respond to comments. Like I put out a post. So you said, weren't even there. No. I didn't even, I took the apps off my phone and I just went on vacation to detox my mind and my soul. It is so tempting without even knowing it because I will be very honest. I I stink in love when other people are winning at life. When I see my friends, when somebody else is driving, riding in a private jet, I'm not like, why not me? I'm like, go on girl with your bad self. Mm -hmm. I love that. But also marginally in the ugly dark crevices, you're like... I want a black want jet. A jet. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I want a chef uh-huh. to cook at my house. Yeah, you do have one. Oh, I do. Yeah, that's true. Oh, thank you. So what did that 10 days do for you? Oh, it, I was subconsciously
1: reaching for my phone, right? And I reached my phone. I'm like, oh, wait, what am I doing? So you find, you start noticing your patterns. Yeah. And then it literally took me two days to actually turn my brain off. It's so true, girl. And you know, you, I mean, it sounds stupid, but like you notice- Birds chirping. It's so true. And you notice like, oh, maybe, maybe I can read a chapter right now. Like, I've read more books in three yeah, weeks. Maybe I should write a letter. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like <laughs> legitimately. So uh, social media, I think, is amazing and powerful and it has revolutionized the way we humans connect with each other. As long as we approach it the same way we we approach fire,
0: I love that analogy. I'm going to remember that forever. Do you teach with that analogy? Because uh, you know, it is, right? or did it just? I just made it up. I'm going to use it. I, I love it. Thank you, Jamie. You, you just credit. brought it out. Whenever I, I use want, it, I'll well, give I was, you credit. I was really tempted to be like, Oh yeah, I've been using it for years. <laughs> no, it just came out. I was like, I like that. It's brilliant because <laughs> it's so true. I mean, my dad burns, or my brother works the force service, so they would have. Prescribed burns all the time, mm. where they go out and actually burn parts of the forest, and they're doing it for a purpose and it's a reason. And then you, you as good, well as anyone else knows, in California, there are also some yes. fires that are not prescribed and they yes. wreak havoc on people. Yes. So, girl, that analogy, we're gonna be using that forever. Good, I love and it. All started here on the happy hour. <laughs> all <on> the happy <laughs> Cheers hour. to us! <laughs> Cheers to us! Uh, we're gonna empower some women with that. Okay, I do want to ask you this. Now, you mentioned to me that you and your husband JD, yes are starting a family. Yes. Through adoption. Yes. How is that going? Because it feels like it's been a while. It has been. Because I feel like we tried to connect once before and that was an issue.
1: And I feel like anybody... anybody, Yeah. Oh, no. I didn't take it as anything as such. I feel like anybody who has adopted, you just know. Mm -hmm. Nothing goes as planned. You go in and you're like, oh, I got confirmation. We're in it. I'm like, no, no. And again... The mindset was, oh, this is happening for me. Mm -hmm. What am I supposed to learn through it? So we've gone through different iterations of how we thought we were going to adopt. And it didn't turn out the way that we had wanted. However, so we started off uh, through a Christian agency here in Southern California. And I think that that's the way we were going. And it was wildly competitive. And I just didn't necessarily have a piece about it. And they had a guest speaker come in and talk about foster to adopt. And I was just like, no, that's not what we're going to do my husband, I'm seeing him sitting next to me. And he's shaking his head. And then we're on our way home. It's 10 o'clock at night after those long foster to oh, yeah. meetings. I mean, they are long. They are. And longer, than, longer than Church and South. <laughs> yes. You know what I'm saying? And so then he's like, what did you think about what he said? And I was like, no, not for us. JD says, not for us. Do you think we should go to that meeting? He's like, I think we should go to that meeting. <laughs> so we went to the meeting. We started the process. We did the home study. We're going through the, all of the, all the things. And then I just realized that I started doing back of the napkin math. And I'm like, statistically, it'll take us probably two or three years and we'll be placed a few times over. And my husband and I have been married 13 years, but we've been together 21. And I just thought, I don't know, like we've waited so long, like so, so long. And I don't know if my heart was ready to love 100% and have to give up a few times over before we found our perfect match. I do believe that we met an amazing organization who are now sitting on the board with, love what Austin Angels are doing for the foster care system. Susan Ramirez. She lives changer. in my town. I, you, you, do you know her? We have played email tags 17 oh my gosh. times. No, no, no. I need to connect you. She's one of those people. Like I literally, I, I can't even get into the backstory because we don't have time for that. But just trust me that my answer always was no. I don't have my time. No, 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 no. Somehow we had a little Zoom meeting. And next thing you know, you're on the board. And next thing you know, I'm like, and I'll just give, I'll literally, I fly over, I do everything. I just need her. I need Austin Angels to be a representation of what we can do as a country for the foster care system. JD and I have gone through the process. We know how fragmented and broken, and there are children who just need to be seen. They need to be loved. And I just know that we went through this foster to adopt programs so that we can actually see what Austin Angels is doing and see the powerful effect that you have to meet. I literally see in her mind, she's testifying before Congress. I see it. She is going to change the foster care system, not because she's rich and not because she's connected, but because there's a bunch of wild people who are taking care of children who need to be shown and loved. Oh, love her. You, I, I'm literally going to connect you guys because she is a gangster. Okay. She is like well, I mean, a Texas gangster. I we have gangster. emailed
0: back and forth several times Ugh. and it just
1: hasn't worked out. You so have yes. have to connect with her. Yes. She's so beautiful and amazing. So, oh, that was happening for us. That God has softened our hearts because we are definitely involved with that charitable organization. Like we're knee deep. I want, can't wait to be neck deep. I can't wait to be eyebrow deep with them. Amazing. And then when we got to that, I just felt like the wind was knocked out mm-hmm. of us. Like we had spent, months and months going through that process and fixing our house for what we thought it was going to be. And imagining what it would be like to bring a child who was three or four. And we were excited. We got our minds wrapped around that. We envisioned it. And then it just felt like we were deflated. So it took a few months for me to come back and be like, what do I want? Like, God, what do you want? And we met, oh, I was listening to a podcast with Rachel Hollis when she talked about her adoption process with her daughter, Noah. Yeah, And I said, you know what? I'm going to do it. So then I just like, texted her. I was like, who is your lawyer? And we, as of today, signed over the final contract. So he's going to be representing us. We're starting day one. We're starting the process all over again. But I believe, like this was that, like I believe,
0: I believe. So, so here you are. Here we are. On the final stretch. I mean, hopefully.
1: Well we, well, we just signed the contract. Well, I know, but still, oh, right, you've right, been right. through yes. so much. Yes. Let's call
0: it the final stretch. Yes. I mean, I it's like a that. long stretch. Yeah. <laughs> it's a long one. <laughs> you've been going for a long time. Well, congratulations. Thank you. I Thank you. Um, am a fan of adoption, obviously. Three really? of our kids came to our family through adoption. And so I love it. And I'm so happy for you Thank guys. You. So- I don't know about you guys, but schooling at home was quite an adjustment I was trying to work. My kids were trying to do school. I'm trying to keep up with what their teachers are doing. It was really difficult. And it's times like these that inspired me to check out Laurel Springs. Online learning might be new for your family, but Laurel Springs has been doing this for nearly 30 years. As the experts in online learning, Laurel Springs has the tools and the curriculum that your child needs to maintain their learning unhindered by whatever the future holds. Their flexible learning programs designed for students in kindergarten through 12th grade offer challenging and diverse courses. And Laurel Springs is accredited with the Western Association of Schools and Colleges Incognia, which means our transcripts are recognized by colleges and universities worldwide. Register your child at laurelsprings.com happyhour happy hour today and receive a waived registration fee. That's laurelsprings.com slash happy hour for your waived registration fee. laurelsprings.com slash happy hour. Thrive Market delivers organic and sustainable groceries right to your door. Just recently, I went to Thrive Market, so I got my account, and I stocked up on snacks because my kids all day long, Mom, we need more snacks. We need more snacks. And what I loved about it is I could go straight to Thrive Market. I could pick out that I wanted vegan or paleo or gluten-free, whatever might need our family's needs. And they are gonna deliver it straight to my door. And I'm a happy mama, and those kids are happy kids. As a Thrive Market member, your paid membership provides a free one for someone in need, like a low income family, teacher, veteran, or first responder. Thrive Market tailors to over 70 different diets and values, like paleo, keto, or plant based delivering the highest quality organic and sustainable essentials from groceries, healthy snacks, meat and seafood, clean wines, non-toxic cleaning, bath and body, and stuff for your pets, which I also got some great dog bones for my sweet little puppers. As a member, you're going to save 25 to 50% off traditional retail prices, and their carbon neutral shipping is free on orders over $49. In addition to membership matching, which is so phenomenal that they do that, Thrive Market has raised over $750,000 to date through their COVID-19 Relief Fund. If this sounds like something you're interested, go to thrivemarket.com slash happy hour. Join today, and you're going to get a free gift of your choosing up to $22 in value. That's Thrive thrive slash happy hour, because you're listening on the happy hour. Go there today to start your risk-free membership and get a free gift today dot thrivemarket.com slash oh, happy hour. So happy! I always ask my guests what three things you're loving and what are you reading? Ugh.
1: So I know I'm probably old school. Like this has been around for a minute. But
0: like three weeks ago, we started drinking bulletproof coffee. Oh, do you make it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. With the... Uh, now, um, this sounds disgusting. No, no, no. I have girlfriends that do it and I, they've made it for me and I like it. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. It took, me, it took me a minute. So I'm a
1: gluten-free vegetarian, which is so annoying. Okay. It's very California. It's annoying. I know it is. dairy. So you're not a Um, vegan. I'm not a vegan, but occasionally I'm just not, I don't even eat too much uh, dairy. And I think what was happening was that I just wasn't having a high fat diet and I wasn't having a lot of protein. I wasn't doing the things that I needed to do. Even though I was drinking, eating a lot of vegetables. I'm Mm -hmm. like, I'm healthy guys. No, no. And so- I do intermittent fasting, so I eat only during eleven hours of the
0: day. And then the first thing I do when I wake up to break—remember I told you I didn't have discipline? Yes. I've tried to start intermittent fasting like seventeen times, and I'm like, ah, not today. I'm gonna eat this morning.
1: No, 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 no. But you know what? The, the the best thing to do is just start intermittent. It just choose to do like 12 hours. Like if you eat at seven, you're just not going to eat until seven the next morning. That's yeah, intermittent fasting. I know. I know.
0: Okay. I'm going to so don't another I me.
1: Mean, I see people who are like intermittent fasting for like, oh, I don't eat 18 hours a yeah, day. They I was like, like 12 before, yeah,
0: And I'm like, oh my gosh.
1: Yeah. And that's not definitely not recommended. Okay. I'm not saying that. Okay. I'm just saying that I have found. Start that, small. Yes. I okay. have found that when I don't eat for at least 12 hours and I start my day with a bulletproof coffee, which is ghee, which is like. Yep, I'm we cook still, with ghee butter and just pure what they call octane oil. So it's the items that I add to my coffee makes it about a 43 grams of fat cup of coffee, but it's all good fat. And it's It's fat that I just didn't have Mm -hmm. it in my diet. So I started that three weeks ago and I'm telling you, I feel like I'm baby Einstein. Like, seriously. Seriously. I mean, no, my husband's like, you, because sometimes I go live on Instagram and Facebook and you guys. I'm like, what is this bulletproof coffee stuff? I'm like, my husband's like, you know, people are going to think you're endorsed by it, or maybe it's not for everybody. I'm like, I get it. It's not for everybody. Just due to like my diet and the way that like I have stomach issues, yeah. like, this has been,
0: but it doesn't taste bad
1: because I've had it. I feel like do it you? tastes like coffee and popcorn.
0: That's what oh, I think. <laughs> that's the best. Do you blend it up, which kind of like, yeah, kind of a little bit? Yeah.
1: Yes. Yes. So when do you start eating? So that's another thing. So I'm breaking my fast. Because I was going to say that, I've I've heard, can hold you for a long time. I was blown away. Because at first I thought, oh, this is like a gimmick or it's not going to happen. So I have my coffee at 7 a.m. And I'm not even, I'm like, I have to force myself to eat at 11.30 or 12. Yeah. So uh, it's been amazing. That's what I've heard. It's been been amazing. And I just didn't know. And here's the thing. I don't know if it would have as dramatic effects for the people who have a balanced diet between proteins, fats, and veggies. But for me, I was so deficient in such a big capacity that I literally feel like I've been reborn. Okay, I see what you're saying. Okay, so Bulletproof Coffee. Yes. Also, huge fan of practicing yoga every day. It is just like a practice that is really, when it comes to clarity, when it comes to positivity, when it comes to focusing on gratitude, because in my morning practice, a very light practice um, every morning, and I'm breathing in, like my doubts, my insecurities, and breathing out, or bringing in my positivity, exhaling mm-hmm. doubts, and insecurities. I focus on the people that I love. It becomes like a moving meditation. Yeah. I thank God for what I have. I thank God for my pillow. I thank God that my mom is still with us. I thank God for my crazy dad. And like after 10 minutes of just getting your body through movements, praying, breathing, you literally feel like a butterfly. Yeah. Like, so huge on that.
0: I sound so typically Californian. It does sound, but I was just thinking, I remember, I like yoga too. I don't do it as often as I want, but every time I do, when we do that, it's like a prayer thing for me. The first time I did it like two years ago and I hadn't ever done it, I cried at the end. Yeah. It's like everything released. It's yeah. like tension came out. And I start crying. Yeah. They must've thought I was crazy. They're like, no. oh, she's first time. Oh my, no, she, are you kidding me?
1: Crying. I know I had a good practice if I'm laying on my mat after and I'm like leaking. I'm yeah. like, I'm not crying, guys. Just, <laughs> yeah, just yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. just it yeah, yeah. all my negative thoughts. No, but us. I
0: always think about how when I was growing up in Christian culture, yoga was like oh, satanic. It was. Oh, they it do was. the yoga.
1: I'm <laughs> so like,
0: do you know that at, like my mom's
1: church like back back when we were growing up it wasn't good and then later on in life like i heard that they allowed like a yoga class in church but it was all the worship music and the mantras would be just psalms mm, yeah. psalms that you said yeah. uh-huh. I was like, you know what hey we're moving we're at least we're Bring moving in the back. right exactly <laughs> yeah, no moving in the right and i'm like listen listen king david had meditations to the lord so thank there you. you go thank you there uh-huh. you go yeah uh last thing i'm currently reading why did I just forget the name of the title? Crawdads. Like, yes. Something is it? Like, uh, You know what? I'm going to be so annoyed.
0: It's actually really good. It's uh, one of the top best-selling books because I, I see it everywhere. I know. And I keep wanting to get it on Audible because that's where I want to read fiction books these days. It's...
1: It's so good. I'm only a third into it and I'm just obsessed. I literally don't have very much time in my day, but yeah. it's like literally like, uh, I'll, oh my God, I'm such a nerd. I'll go on a walk and I take my book with me. So I walk so and you I read. you walk and you read? Yeah.
0: That doesn't seem safe, Jasmine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, we live by the water, so it's not like there's cars. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you just get on the path uh-huh, okay. and you just follow the path. Okay. And I know people look at me and think like I'm bat trash crazy, but you want to know what? I don't care. You're like it's a time I can do two things at one time. Oh, absolutely, and then I have my earbuds in, so just in case somebody calls, I can yeah. have this meeting, I can read it, <laughs> yeah. and I can am ready. I'm just ready. Just watch me, world. <laughs> <laughs> I just listened to Educated on Audible. So good. So good. Can you believe? I mean, it literally sounds like a piece of fiction. Oh, exactly. Man, I want to meet her in real life. It. I think she's amazing. Amazing. Yeah, I'm I a know. reader. I'm. That's what I do. I don't.
0: I, I don't watch TV. But man, I we could talk about books for days. I have read probably three books in the past three weeks because I will go to my kids' baseball games where I would normally oh. literally for an hour and a half. Watch Instagram stories, and now I'm reading books, and I'm like, "This is so great." But in the being in the middle of it, I can see like, "Man, God, I needed this." Like, yeah. I didn't know how much my soul needed a little bit of break. Good for you. So, girl, it has been so great sitting down with you. Thank you. Happy birthday. Thank you. Enjoy those enchiladas. Oh yes. <laughs> you're gonna have to keep us updated on um, the baby I situation. I and know. I, I know. love what you're doing. I wanted to tell you this earlier. We were talking about the social curator. What I do love about it is because you and I both love Instagram. We yes. both see how it's changing society for good ways, just like yes. your amazing fire illustration. But I do love that you're providing a resource for people to make it accessible for them to mm-hmm. make them feel like they ha- they can be empowered with it to make them feel as though they can put out great content and they just need a little bit of push yeah. like it's just a little bit of push. And so thank you. way to go, girl. Thank you. Well, that means a lot coming from you Jamie thank and you, you love Jesus and so I do I do. He's a good guy. Thanks for coming on the Happy hour. <laughs> thank you you guys, you guys, you guys, I told you, wasn't this so good? Our conversation emulated so much. What I love about this show is it was deep and it was personal and it was light and it was funny. And we talked about hard things. When she said that as long as we approach social media, like we approach fire, I like wanted to just fall out of my chair and say, this is it. This is what I need in my life. And it made me think, and I mentioned that my brother was a forest firefighter and sometimes they would have prescribed burns where they would actually burn and the fire was hot, just like you see a fire that's out of control, except it wasn't out of control. It was completely in control. And that is how I think we need to think about social media. It's not bad. It's not going away. It's very useful. I love it but it can be very harmful as well. So I hope that blessed you as much as it did me. Also, I hope you enjoyed our conversation about mental illness and anxiety and depression. And when she talked about her daddy coming and apologizing to her, I just get teary-eyed thinking about it again. And and what I hope you learn from that story is that there's growth in learning and there's growth in understanding and there's freedom to to have conversations. And that's a, it's a good space to be in. This month is Mental Health Awareness Month. And I hope that this conversation, it kind of helps the stigma that sometimes can be around depression and mental illness kind of go down a little bit. And we can see how God views that difficult and painful experience that some people are going through. So Jasmine, thank you for sharing that with us. Today's show is edited by Chris with Pod Shaper, and the music was developed for the show by Matt Graham. Show notes are written by Aki Sockers and this whole thing is organized by the birthday girl, Lindsay Sweeney. Next week on my show, you guys, Jordan Lee Dooley is sitting down. Jordan's book released into the world just yesterday Own Your Everyday, overcome the pressure to prove and show up for what you were made to do. That is what we need, guys. Jordan is an author, a podcast host, a speaker, a product creator, community builder, and a cheerleader. That is my kind of girl. If you aren't familiar with Jordan, I can't wait for you to meet her next week on the show. Go find Jordan Dooley on Instagram and follow her. Go follow me on Instagram. Go find Jasmine on Instagram you'll like us all, I promise. Guys, enjoy your week. Share the show with a girlfriend. Have a happy hour with a friend. And I'll see you guys right back here next week with Jordan.